Welcome to the Business Design Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And today we're going to be talking to not Briar Rabbit, but Briar Doherty. That's the Irish way of saying it. And if I've if I've totally destroyed that island, please um, forgive me. So it was really funny. Uh, funny? I, I was trying to say fun. Uh, I said funny. Was anything funny? Actually, it was not a funny interview, but it was an intriguing and interesting one. I was drawn to how Briar um, really does kind of take a little blood from her clients and really dig into, you know, like like a Briar would into our flesh as we pick a rose, right? Yeah. So the difference between Briar and most people we talk to is that, well, you listen to her when she talks about her seven-year-old self, and you'll find out what is different about her and with most people we speak with. Anyway, let's go straight to the interview with Briar Doherty. Nice to talk with you, Briar. Beautiful. I have to, well, I always say this, um, the background behind you, uh, since nobody can see it, they can hear it, but pretty stunning. It kind of looks like an agate. It looks like um, a yes, sunset. A what is that behind you? A geode. Yeah. Yes, it's a cut of a geode. Is it really? Wow. No, it's, it's not stunning. actually. No, it, I know. I it's, thought, a, man, it's massive. Of it. <laughs> I love that though. So what is it? So let's start there. What does a geode mean to you? I am very earth related. So love nature, love being out in it. And I used to collect rocks as a little girl. So I had a rock collection by the age of five and uh, named them and put glitter on them and kept them outside and the whole deal. And so, I don't know, I have an affinity for stones and just things that come from nature. And uh, geodes are just really pretty. So you were gifted with a name Briar or is that a name I, you took later? I was gifted with a name Briar. Mm-hmm. Wow. But there's, so there's a song by Tom Waits called The Briar and the Rose. I love the song. But the tradition of Br'er Rabbit, um, mm-hmm. the the concept of, I yeah, it's a really neat name. So what the heck were your folks thinking? Um, it's interesting because I am the middle child. So I have two other sisters, and my sisters' names are Megan and Allison. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so I was the middle. Um, they had heard the name Briar like years before and gave it to me. And uh, I did not like it when I was a kid, and I love it as an adult. Isn't that wild? Yes. Are you sure it wasn't mushrooms? I will not comment. And, uh, <laughs> My parents are the product of the 70s, so, you know, it, they were they were feeling it with my name and apparently not feeling it the same with my sisters, so. <laughs> so I'm curious to dive in on that. So so just to pry more, because it's, it's pretty awesome the more we pry here. When you were a kid, so it's tricky as any kid um, to grow up and have a strange name. Mine was a little bit strange, Kent. I still have a hard time saying my name because I'm like, oh, it's a little weird, my name. But Briar, I mean, that's, it's weird. So how did you grow up and how have you now sort of embraced it? Why is it now cool? Sure. So as a a little girl, all of my teachers butchered it. So, you know, first day of school or, you know, the, the teacher that comes in when your teacher's out, you know, the substitute, 
everybody used to call me Brian. <laughs> like it had been misspelled on the page. And so that to me was, you know, it was embarrassing because everybody would wait until my name got called because my last name was Van Metter. So my last name was unique too, right? No one else had Van Metter in my school. No one else had Briar in my school. And there's only W's, X's, Y's, and Z's after you. Right. (laughs) I'm like the end of the alphabet. There was one Z in my class. So he always saved me. I wasn't like the last, but I'd always get called Brian Van Meter. So my last name was Van Metter. They couldn't pronounce my first name or my last name. So it was just a very like shoulders slumped kind of moment every single time. And then Briar rhymes with a lot of fun words. And it's like, you know, Briar's pants are on fire. Um, You know, like all of those little fun kid games. And so then I grew up and became an adult and no one else had my name. And so now, you know, if you looked on LinkedIn, I literally am the only Briar Doherty, and it's spelled Doherty, but pronounced Doherty, the Irish version of it, and that's my married name. And uh, I'm the only Briar Doherty on LinkedIn, like that actual name. So it serves me well now. Uh, it's something that's memorable. You know, it's it's it is unique, and I've enjoyed that. It's much easier to say my name, and people remember it. Although I will say, I still get people that I'll speak to. And they'll email me back and write Brian. Like <laughs> just funny. out of habit or autocorrect. It, I don't know it what it seems, is. It seems so different than Briar. Briar and Brian. But when you look at it written, it absolutely does look like somebody so forgot to finish great. Brian. Yeah, that's right. Right. Exactly. Yes. That's fascinating. So so the small things in life can become features. And that, that is the strangest thing about the fact that <laughs> Briar rhymes with everything. It's kind of good now. It's like now right. people remember your name. That's right. Um, so you work with people on their careers, and you're also very earthy. How does all that stuff weave together? Obviously, in your brand name, it makes sense. But how how do you weave all of those things together in your business? Well, I have a, a couple of unique stories that really kind of tie this together. Um, so I'm a cancer survivor. 2014, diagnosed with thyroid cancer. My son was one. Uh, it was a year after I had left corporate America and, you know, started on my own. So I've got a one-year-old, stage three cancer, you know, went through surgery, had my vocal cord paralyzed during the surgery. And so I had to rehabilitate that, could, literally could not talk, could barely breathe because you can't hold your breath when a vocal cord is paralyzed, which is interesting. And so I had to kind of restart everything, meaning like, look at my diet, look at what I was putting in my body, on my body, what kind of environment I was in, whether it was stress related, whether it was getting enough, you know, vitamin D, all of those things. And those are all just organic growth opportunities. And so then I'm looking at what I do for a living and working with individuals and I want to look at a holistic individual, not just their professional life. I want to I want to look at all of it. And I want to look for that organic growth opportunity internally. And so career organic was really, you know, this, this brainchild of what I was doing for me and myself and my family. It's like, you know, eating organically, you know, cooking all of my own food, not eating processed foods. And then also looking at holistic professionals and their lives and, and how does that all tie together to help them grow and, you know, 
thrive. So, so really that's kind of like the, the marriage there. So that's a, I'm just going to sneak in here one more time before kicking it across the table to Randy. That's a really inspiring and extraordinary story. For me, the, the most extraordinary part is the simplicity with which you tell it. So it's like, here's what happened. I, I couldn't breathe. I didn't have a voice. It, it was, yeah, wow. You know, it was, it was all gone and I had to relearn it. The word organic is so overused now. How do you mean it? What, what do you mean by it? When I think about it, I think about, especially when I'm thinking about professionals, I'm thinking about everybody has this raw opportunity inside them, like untouched, you know, not streamlined or trendy or anything that if you tap into that individually, we can really create growth. And, uh, and, I, and I think about, you know, when you think about organic in, in nature, I just think of everything that's, you know, growing from the earth as organic. And so being able to water a plant and you see the seed grow, I think about it as simplistic as that. I'm not thinking about, you know, no herbicides and chemicals and all. I just, it's the simplistic, just how do we find those seeds? How do we find those little nuggets that need a tool to be able to move forward or grow or, or thrive in a different way? So that, that's how I see it. Briar, I love your name. I have a, a seven-year-old grandson. His name is Wesson, as in Smith and Wesson. <laughs> And that's what he was named after. And everybody gets it wrong. They call him Weston. They call him everything else except for Weston. And it's just funny because he doesn't care. You know, he, he will tell them, I'm Weston and get used to it. You know, I'm not, I'm not somebody else. Yeah. So he's got all his views right now of what he wants to do when he grows up. So he's about seven. The last thing he's going to do is say, I'm going to make a career out of helping people holistically create careers. When you were seven, what was your uh, what was your plan for your life? What did you see your direction? And obviously we already know what changed your direction, but was there something from a young age that also was driving you? Yes, actually. Uh, I love that question. Thank you. I loved cards. So like paper, like greeting cards. And so I would make, oh my goodness, cotton ball cards. I would make, I'd find different materials around the house or outside, like even bark, right? And, and I'd put flowers on it and I'd create. And then after that, I loved writing. And so I would write messages. And I remember um, I was very much into ceramics and I would create things for my parents. And like, I, I remember one where, it was this mother holding a child and she was like in a flower. And I, I was able to kind of write very roughly uh, on the, the clay itself, you know, like a, a child is the seed from which, you know, it grows or something along those lines. And like, I was constantly pulled to this storytelling and wanted to help people feel better through my storytelling. And so it's interesting to look back at, I always thought I was gonna either work for Hallmark or I was going to work for an advertising firm writing like slogans and, you know, log lines and things like that. And, and I went 
to college for that. I, I went to college um, at the Fashion Institute of Technology and I have an advertising and marketing degree, but I loved writing and I loved the storytelling about, you know, your brand and helping people feel better through that. So it didn't change too far off other than I added in, like I was going to coach people on this versus I was just going to be behind the scenes. So I, from a very early age, that, that was my, my driver. And you could tell, you know, still organic materials, you know, working yeah. with clay and cotton and all that fun stuff. So you, you actually knew who you were at a very young age. I, I did. I was, I was an old soul. Mm. You know, my, my older sister constantly called me Mother Briar. So yes, I was very in tune with, you know, what's safe, what's not. How do we make people feel better? How do we comfort people? How do we pay attention to emotion? And really, I was okay stepping aside and not having that attention. And it worked really well in my career because even as a freshman, I was a freshman starter for a basketball team and put through the ringer because I was the only freshman that actually only played varsity. And then I kicked a senior out of her starting spot during that season as a freshman. So I was always in a position where I just wanted to be me. I just wanted to, and I had to own it or else I would have been, you know, crying in the locker room every day. And, uh, you know, I, and I wouldn't have made it what I wanted to. So right. yeah, I, I had a very yeah. clear vision. So I'm going to guess and correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm often wrong, but I'm going to guess that part of your work now in helping people create the career they want is helping them know who they are. Oh, you had a good head start on that. Does that knowledge of that you've had for many years, does that help you guide them past their fear of discovery? Because discovery can be pretty scary. It's definitely scary for people and it definitely helps. I would say that one of the biggest assets that I have is because of how I was set up so early, you know, I was a general manager at the age of 20 in New York City for a health and fitness club. I had 55 staff, couldn't legally drink yet. 25, I was a regional director for a salon and spa company in Saks Fifth Avenue, owned the entire Northeast, large PNL. And so, you know, going from that plus knowing who I am when I coach and when I'm working with groups or even, you know, like fellowships and cohorts, I can pull part of the experience of actually being there plus knowing myself. And I think that unity and like bridging that gap for people is really important because I can talk about knowing myself inside and out and help others and coach them to get there. But the career aspect makes it very credible for people to listen. And that's where a lot of coaches, I think, are missing if they don't have that experience to say, hey, I've been on the, the front line with you. I've been there. I've gone through it. I've been targeted. I've been, you know, out of a job. I've had to switch careers. All of these things are experiences on top of who I am. So it, both of them really help. I love the, um, let's say, the, the yang to the yin that you're doing here in the world of career coaching, headhunting, acquisition, uh, uh, um, I mean, slavery type terms, right? I had a friend who was in that, in that space and you become, you know, a hunk of meat, right? Particularly 
if you are someone who might not you know have the the biggest ego and so on you end up feeling like a, a little ant so it sounds like you've gravitated to this space because there's a great need very much uh, within it but i'm i'm quite surprised by sort of your approach to this so so how why did you end up it's like a geologist ending up in an oil company or something they're like i can work within it and help change it right what what why did you choose this space well i naturally gravitated to helping people grow so you know peak of my career 25 years old i'm managing 500 staff and what i realized is no one was there to coach them no one was there to help them realize, hey, this isn't the right environment for you, or hey, why are you sticking with the front desk when you should be really trying for management? You have the personality, you have the, the skill set, that innate gravitation to it. And so working with that many people at such a young age for me gave me my calling. Because if you look at you know any career, there's always a theme. And a lot of people miss this is like, oh, I've had 18 different types of jobs. I've done sales, I've done operations, I've done, you know, and people will come with these stories. And I'm like, but what, what's the common thread? And my common thread was growing people and finding that, you know, one motivator or the one thing that they are actually not saying out loud, that if you really listen, you hear, and then you can take action with them and give them the motivation and the tool to make it happen. And for me, there is nothing more fulfilling, like nothing more fulfilling. And so going into the coaching industry, I work, you know, I work with a lot of clients across the world. I have a, I have a global clientele and, and then I coach my team, you know, to be able to work with a global clientele as well. And so, you know, wearing that hat, I'm very prideful in the work that we do because I get to see that it is something that impacts people's lives, like entire lives. Because them getting a piece of confidence or getting that, you know, $10,000 extra, you know, payout in their comp package negotiation or something, that could pay half a tuition for their child that year. That can pay, like, these are things that change the course of their trajectory. And once that is changed one at a time, it collectively moves throughout our entire world, right? If, if you empower one person, that person could empower 20 then those 20 people can empower 50 and, and it amplifies itself. So there's exponential growth for everybody that I can touch with actionable tools. And I know I can provide that. And I know that my stories can resonate because I've actually been through it. So to me, there is, there's nothing else out there for me that gives me that fulfillment outside of, of course, you know, my children and my husband. <laughs> So this is really interesting because here we have Briar Doherty, overachiever at a young age, continuing to be an overachiever in all the best ways. I don't mean that in a negative sense. So it's hard to smile when I hear that. <laughs> but it's you know, I my sister-in-law is a was a professional tennis player. She was ranked in the low teens in the world in the at her peak clearly an overachiever, and she turns around and says, yeah, but you're an overachiever as well. So I, I'm used to hearing it in, in the best possible way. What's next for you and for um, career organics? Because I get the impression you're not one to just sit and let things drift along. I'm happy you picked up on that. Uh, I want to continue to grow our reach. So 
What I'm focused on right now uh, are two things. One is I wanted to find a way to help professionals and even students who can't afford your typical like one-on-one services uh, to really find a tool that will work for them at a price point that would work for them. So, you know, I spent the last three years creating a program that, you know, you can log into. It's super, it's filled with, you know, webinars that I've done, um, all of my, you know, documentation, guides, cheat sheets, like everything makes it accessible at a price point that works for most people. That's one thing that I want to continue to push out. I want to help like colleges get programs that maybe don't have programs, high schools that don't have programs, you know, get access to something like this. And then the additional piece is I want to continue to build out our group coaching aspect where, you know, what I found over COVID is I was doing a ton of in-person events and then started doing these webinars and workshops and virtual learning environments. And the feedback that I've gotten being able to, whether it's, you know, do a resume writing workshop or do, you know, how do you do a comp package negotiation? And what are the things that you're missing? And really have educational tools out there for the masses and and it be a collective like community environment because that's what group coaching really does is it helps everybody not feel isolated. You know, you feel someone who's an introvert who does not want to speak up and you have somebody that will you're collectively learning in that environment. And I love that. So I want to continue to be able to push more of that to the market, whether it's me, whether it's my team, and really be able to kind of help people get the the actionable support they need. So that's what's next. And then of course, uh, you know, I've got my five-year plan too. (laughs) So your, your name kind of really defines what it is you do, sort of the the briar that goes with the flower, with the rose, with the, the good things. And I think the, the the career you've chosen to help people in theirs is a little bit of a twist. You know, it's like, hey, it's it's all good, but it's going to take this little bit of pain. So what is, who, who exactly are you aiming for? Where can they find you? And yeah, what are you going to do for the next five years? <laughs> sure. Okay. So careerorganic.com is the best way to find uh, about the organization, what we offer. My name again, Briar Doherty on LinkedIn. Love connecting with new people and really hearing stories and and being able to help and facilitate, uh, whether it's networking or things like that. Then the people that we work with, really, it's from, you know, graduation. So whether that's graduation from college or high school, all the way through through executives. I also personally work with a lot of entrepreneurs who leave corporate America and, and work with their businesses. But the one piece of the pie that I have no negotiations on is we work with people who don't make excuses, who will put in the work, who will listen to guidance, who will take action on what we're trying to help them do. So that that's my, my big piece of who we work with. And then five years from now, I want to be working with recruiters and having our, our database of candidates filled out so that when clients of ours end work with us, it doesn't end. We're actually helping them, you know, connect with those recruiters, get those jobs, partnerships that really engage, you know, what that environment and culture should be when those people get their jobs, uh, the onboarding process, and really just through the entire, you know, workflow of candidate to hire. Nice, nice work. That was impressive. 
I, it's very difficult to like wrap all of that into a, into a neat little bow and you did it beautifully. So inspiring to chat with you. If there's any place people can see that beautiful piece of art behind you and kind of the, the sunshine it brings, you know, uh, it represents kind of the, the attitude you bring to this work, your stories inspiring and can't wait to see where you go next. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you, Briar. I, I am really excited when I talk to folk like yourself, people that have achieved great things and they're still not finished. They're still doing big things. Um, you're building a global or an organization with global clients. Um, you're following your passion and you're basically doing what you deep down understood you were meant to be doing in some way at a very early age. I also, I, I love talking with people who have just incredible calm. And I think if I were going through that career madness that's out there these days, I'd want a little bit of that calm. And that's that sort of, I don't know, organic chai tea vibe. Talking about organic chai tea, I think all our listeners should make themselves a cup, chill out, go to thoughtpartnergroup.com and fill out that little two-minute assessment that's there and it's totally free. That or check out crazymba.com and have a jolt. Do they have jolt anymore? Eight-hour energy? What's it called now? I, yeah. Red it's Bull. Red Bull. Red Bull. It gives you wings. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Hey.